news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband and my stay-at-home buddy now, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Trying to make it. Trying to make it. Are you making it? I am making it. I mean, like, this is fun for our family. I feel like we've done a lot better than I thought we would. What what did you think was going to happen? I thought we'd go stir crazy and go out into the world and... Oh, but we have the rules. Okay, so if you're listening, you are well aware of COVID-19 and we thought we couldn't ignore it. So we today have a guest on that talks. She's our friend, Julie Isaac, who's a doctor, smartest person we know. You know, she's probably a real life Google. She is like a real, oh gosh, she's going to love that you say. (laughs) She really knows everything. If you want a good book to read, if you want the answer to anything, yeah, she's the answer. She's the go-to for everything. She is, and she's super fun, and she's one of our good friends, but she's been our source for this COVID-19 just because there's so much information out there. What do you believe? What's really going on? What's what should we really take to heart? You know, all that stuff. And so anytime we have a question, she's the one that's like, here, this is what you need to do. And she has not taken it lightly at all. No. And one of the things that I really appreciated about her was that she told you not to go on a trip. Yeah. What, early part of March? Uh, No, it was late February. February. Yeah, February. So it worked out pretty good that uh, (laughs) got you to stay home for a little bit. I know. And you know what? We did talk about that on the interview, but I'm so thankful that we listened. But she was not messing around when she said that. And she normally messes around with everything she says. So it was like, oh, wait, you're being serious? And she's like, I'm being dead serious. So... Yeah, she and she's not an alarmist at all. Mm-hmm. She's usually pretty low key and easy going on stuff. So it was it was certainly alarming to hear that she was alarmed. Right. So today we're gonna ask her a bunch of questions and these are kind of like probably they're not serious questions, I guess, but they're kinda like things that I've been wondering, you know, like I know people keep laughing at me with my produce question, but like we eat a lot of fruit in here, like are we going to get COVID with that? Or like, you know, what do you really think about the grocery stores? Um, you know, riding bikes with friends, that sort of stuff. Our goal is to not have it come anywhere close our close to our house. And so we're trying to figure out how to protect ourselves the best. And babe, I would say we've done a great job. We have done good. I, I've been pleasantly surprised with our effort. Yeah, we haven't. Let's see. We have only done pickup. We have not been in a grocery store. Have we gone anywhere? Uh, I don't think we... We went to the post office one time. Yeah. We, we just bought some paint, but it uh, was delivered to us. Curbside curb. paint. Yep, which is good. Anything else? I can't think of anything. Nope. So we've done, well. we've done everything at home. So I hope the same is true to you because we know that to flatten the curve, we must stay home. And also we've learned that staying home does not mean hanging out with neighbors in their houses. Um, really, she said in a perfect world, she would avoid 
even like bike rides with neighbors and stuff, that it's just better to try to have everybody stay at home. Which has been really hard for our neighborhood. Everybody mm-hmm. loves to get together. And, and uh, one of the things that I love about Julie and Anthony is that one of my rules in life is to not uh, be couple to couple and just be, I like having three couples uh-huh. anytime we go out. And, uh, and Julie and Anthony are always that easy couple to <laughs> add to anybody that we want to go out to dinner with. Yeah. Uh, they're our easy couple they are. Uh, that fit in with anybody. Yeah. And Anthony, if you don't know this, so Anthony's Julie's husband and he is the magic man behind our podcast. So, um, I think you and I have the easy part for sure, Adam, and he goes through and splices it and um, puts it all together to make the podcast what it is. So they're definitely a power couple. They, they pro- probably are the smartest couple we know. Hands down. Hands down. <laughs> and we love them so much. And so this episode is going to be super fun. So we're going to talk to Julie. And then after the episode, Adam and I are going to pop back on for just a little bit, kind of our thoughts. And then we interviewed Lucy, Lola, and Hank. It's such a time in history. And I... I really want, whether or not you listen to it or not, that's up to you. But for us and our family, I really wanted to document their thoughts and kind of them explaining what COVID-19 was, because I think years to come, we'll be super happy that they have that. So let's pop over and listen to the smartest person that we know, Julie Isaac. Well, we have a special guest on our show today. This is my friend and my neighbor and uh, nephrologist, Julie Isaac from down the street. Dr. Isaac, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? (laughs) It's just funny to formally introduce you because anybody who's listening who knows us, we are like BFF gym buddies, Um, (laughs) but you are uh, at the hospital regularly. She is a nephrologist. So Julie, I want you to fill our listeners in on what a nephrologist is and kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Okay, got it. So um, I've been a nephrologist. Well, I graduated from med school in 93 and I finished my nephrology training in 1998. So I've been doing this for a while and I have a specialty that nobody ever knows what it is that I do. So anytime I say what I am, I just say I'm a kidney doctor. So basically a nephrologist is a physician who deals with any kind of abnormality of the kidneys. So I deal with dialysis patients, people who have, you know, impairment in their kidney function, as well as electrolyte abnormalities, severe hypertension. We see a lot of diabetes. So basically kind of all your, uh, we call them comorbidities, things that happen a lot of times with aging and uh, anything that can lead to damage to the kidneys. Okay. Wow. I remember meeting you and you saying you were a nephrologist and I was like, oh, cool. And then you said, you have no idea what I do. (laughs) And I was like, I already like you. There's so many people that are clueless like that. And and that's why I just say, I'm a kidney doctor. Yeah. You know, know, I, I try not to to make it too complicated for people because most of the time they're like, what the heck is that? No, but it's, I'm a plastic (laughs) surgeon or something cool like that, but no, it's just nephrology. No, it's, you know what? It's so cool. But also you are a neighborhood doctor because anytime anybody in the neighborhood, you know, busts their head open, slips on concrete, has a dog bite, people who can't breathe, uh, yeah, busting the lip on the concrete. We just call you. You name it. Yeah. We 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 all call you. I am the urgent. Care. Okay. You 
<laughs> you're the urgent care of our neighborhood and also the vet of our neighborhood when seven had his dramatic That's experience right. I have also yes when yes. you uh, sent me that picture and said do you think this needs stitches i said yes definitely this yes needs stitches. yes i know <laughs> it, it, it always happens when adam is out of and town Adam's too, out so. of town. that's right well that's a funny thing is i called my parents and my mom's like well what did julie say i'm like well she's she's a kidney doctor she's not a veterinarian she's like call her anyway so well the beauty of it that same day that that happened to seven my partner uh called me i think i told you this and said uh, our goldfish is swimming around in a weird way do you think it's dying and i was like what am i doctor doing with that? <laughs> I need a, a, some other like letters behind my name. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's so good. Okay. Well, there is a worldwide pandemic going on. And that's one of the main reasons, aside from you just being just hashtag, we call each other hashtag positive. Hashtag positive. That's <laughs> our goal is to always be hashtag positive. But um, aside from you just being one of my best friends, you are one of the smartest people that I've ever talk to ever. Oh my goodness. And, Thank you for that. Well, it's so true. And um just to kind of let our listeners know how smart I think you are is um it was I had a trip. My mom and I were getting ready to go to California and we it was maybe three weeks out. And so this was had to have been late January, would it have been, Julie? Yeah, what, yeah, were you guys supposed to go in February? We were spo- supposed to go in February. And yeah. Julie came yeah, down. Yeah, so it probably was. It was about two or three weeks before you guys were supposed right, to go. Right, yeah. So probably late January. And um, she said, and I said, hey, yeah, we're going to California. And you and Julie is pretty laid back as far as like she's never going to sound the alarms unless the alarms need to be sounded. And actually, I haven't really known you to sound the alarms. And when we told you that, you said, there's no way you should go to California. Um, there's this virus and it's going to come here. And I was like, I mean, I know, but like we're going to be in California and this virus is in China. And you said it's going to be a worldwide pandemic and it's going to be awful. You need to cancel that trip. And I remember calling my mom and saying, mom, Julie never says this sort of thing. I think we need to listen and thank the Lord we did because I just think how quickly things kind of have gotten out of control in America. It's amazing. Yes. You know, this was one of those things that, I mean, when you're in medicine and you kind of look at things and uh, things that can bring a country or, uh, you know, an entire continent or world to its knees, it, it, viruses seem to be the things that are the scariest because, you know, the, the difference between a bacteria and a virus is with, you know, a bacterial infection, most of them can be treated with antibiotics. So we're all used to having antibiotics and usually you can get over those kind of infections relatively quickly. But the problem with this particular virus, they call it the novel, you know, coronavirus, mm-hmm. which means a new coronavirus that nobody in the world had ever been exposed to this virus until it started over there in Wuhan. And so when it started and we were hearing about it kind of peripherally and I was reading about it, I thought, there's no way this thing is going to stay there because we are so interconnected now. You know, a right. hundred years ago, people in China and people in America were not mixing that much. But now with all the travel, I mean, just in our neighborhood alone, mm-hmm. we have at least two or three people that we know that they go to China on a regular basis. And that's right. just in one small neighborhood. So. Right. I really tried to deter you from going on that trip because I knew you guys would be in, you know, LAX and a big hub for international travel. And at that point, it really wasn't a thing here. And I think people were lulled into a false sense of security for a long time thinking, oh, it's going to stay over there. You know, it's a, it's a disease of Asia. It's not going to ever come to the States. But we all knew, every medical person, I think, knew that it was going to come here. It was just a matter of time because we, we have a global, you know, connection. And, right. Uh, and it was just a question of 
uh, when, not if. So yeah. I'm really glad you listened to me because you're usually really stubborn. And when I recommended <laughs> you didn't do other things, you didn't want. Right. <laughs> I know, but this one, I was like, man, I, I don't want to go against you because you were so stern in it. Okay, but now we sit here and yeah. we're looking at what's going on in the world. And right now, you know, um, we live in the middle part of the country in Bowling Green, Kentucky, but we have listeners all over. Um, and it looks like it's coming in on either side, kind of closing in on us. And when we talked earlier today, you said, you know, we're about two weeks behind Italy. How bad do you think it's going to continue to get? Well, I don't think we have reached anywhere near our apex or our max number of cases yet. And I think it's impossible to determine just how bad it could be. But the, you know, unfortunately, many cities, if not the entire U.S., is woefully unprepared for something to this degree. And I'm sure, well, I don't know if it's out in lay people's knowledge, but in any kind of medical, you know, articles or things you read online, it talks about the lack of the personal protective equipment, you know, the masks and, and the barriers that we need to protect ourselves and also the shortage of ventilators and ICU beds. The mm -hmm. problem is that, you know, if you look at any of the local hospitals at any time, they may be at, I don't know, 80 to 90% capacity with people with other illnesses. And so you don't have a whole lot of room for extra ill people. And we don't have the staff, we don't have the number of ICU beds that we need in any city in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So the problem with this is how rapidly it can progress and how severely ill people can get so quickly. And they also need to stay uh, in the ICU setting on a ventilator uh, a long period of time before they get better. So it's kind of a perfect storm of not enough equipment, not enough staff, not enough ICU beds, and then a very you know rapidly progressive and very contagious disease. Wow. Okay. And now one of the things that is shocking me that, I mean, I know you're a doctor, but you've already had to consult with several of these cases here in Bowling Green. How is it for you as a doctor knowing how dangerous this virus is to be interacting with people? I mean, are you worried for your health and your safety and your family? What's going through your mind with that? So, you know, at the very beginning, it was hard not to feel anxious and panicky inside and I think we all still feel that we somebody uh, had written an article about having a pre-traumatic stress disorder instead of post-traumatic stress right. disorder because you feel like a tsunami is coming and you are just waiting for it to crash down on you and because of what I do we have been fortunate enough in my group to be able to use something called telemedicine which is using you know uh, audiovisual aids, whether it be FaceTime or a Zoom meeting, to actually have the nurses that are in with the patients kind of show us things, uh, you know, uh, in that sense of the world without us actually having to go in and be exposed to the patient. So right. for people that we can do that with, we have been utilizing telehealth, which we had never utilized until really the last week to week and a half. And mm -hmm. one of my partners was really, you know, integral in getting that kind of started at both uh, hospitals here in town. She was very, very good. Her name's Dr. Shoemaker and uh, talking to the IT people and saying, hey, one of the things that we are trying to do is have less exposure to infected people and also use less of the PPE, you know, the personal protective equipment. So what's the best way to do that? You know, some people have to be in there directly caring for them. And it's really the nurses and the anesthesiologists and the respiratory therapists and the ER docs. I mean, those are the folks that are truly on the front lines of things that 
they have to be there, especially um, in particular here at the medical center. The anesthesiologists are the ones who are doing the procedures, such as intubating the patients and putting the central lines in them and having the most risk of exposure to their secretions, which is how this is spread. So although I am certainly nervous because I'm human, you know, and, and I have a family and you know how we are, I, I'm nervous for myself and my family and my friends and yeah. my parents who are in their 70s, but I really am trying to stay away from everybody as much as possible other than the people I live with. And even at work, uh, I have three partners and we will not stand in the same room together. Wow. We, yeah. We, yeah. We'll have one in the hall and, you know, we're at least six feet apart all time at all times yeah. because for us, if one of us gets sick, you know, it could spread very quickly and we definitely don't want this to be something that, uh, you know, three or four of the docs get taken out at the same right. time. Yeah. Julie, I think that's so interesting. Um, just your perspective, because, you know, my family, we were on a walk the other night and you were on a walk and we haven't seen each other and you and I are so famous for hugging each other, you know, getting to, and, and we stayed on the opposite sides of the road and it was this awkward, like, hi, hi, how you doing? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you know, our kids are like, don't go over there. And we knew not to, but it was like, how's it going? How do you feel? Because nobody, nobody wants to be around you. I mean, it's gotta feel strange. It is strange. It is strange because, you know, I, I, I really got the feeling to, to be how a patient must feel, you know, like somebody who you don't know if I'm sick. And so, and that's how everybody in the neighborhood is. They, and I tell them I'll stay 10 feet away from you, you know, when yeah. I go up to a group and, and it, it makes you feel awkward and, and, you know, kind of ashamed almost like, yeah. you know, I could give this to someone and I don't want to give this to someone, but at the same time, I'm assuming I, I do not have it, right. but, uh, but still trying to, to practice, you know, the whole safety, social distancing, six feet away kind of thing, because because that is the thing that saves lives. I mean, it it truly is staying away from people and, you know, not coughing or sneezing on them. And I told you that I had a cold last week and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I never get sick. And of course I would happen to get sick during this and have everybody. I mean, my partner's just about freaked out when I came (laughs) into the office, you know, sneezing and coughing, but but (laughs) But I did have a swab and and it was, it it was something called rhinovirus, which causes a cold. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good though. So they immediately were like, let's get you tested for COVID. Can you explain to us lay people? What, what, what is the test like? What is it a nose swab? It is. Yeah. It's a nasopharyngeal swab, which basically, and they came and they tested me and they were going to send a COVID if the, the, if the first swab came back negative, they would have sent the COVID-19. But basically what they do is you lean your head back and they stick this swab, I mean, up in your sinus. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I don't know, like four inches in there. Oh, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, deep in there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it makes your eyes water. It burns like a mother, but that's, <laughs> they have to get back in there to get an adequate swab. And there's so many other viruses that can make you sick that there's kind of a panel of things that they check for, yeah. including flu, you know, influenza and everything yeah. like that too. But the the COVID uh, swab is the exact same kind of thing, a nasopharyngeal. There's also an oropharyngeal where they can put it in the back of your throat, but the more common one is the one where they go up your nose. I mean, that's reason to stay six feet apart from people anyways, just so you don't have that thing shoved up Oh, I agree. (laughs) And she had to do it like twice on each side. I mean, mean, tears were streaming down my face, and she's like, I'm going to make you cry. And I said, I'm not crying. I just can't help it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here's the question that every time I call and text you, I'm like, okay, so Julie, you know, because we're hearing this stuff on the news, stay six feet apart, but then we're in the neighborhood watching and my kids were riding bikes with neighborhood kids. And I'm in my head. I'm like, well, they're not touching them. They're 
far enough apart. They're riding right. bikes, but yeah. and neighbors are six feet apart. Is it really, is that what you recommend? Or are you like, just stay home, stay in the backyard with your own family. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, do you think taking, you know, bike rides with other kids as a mom here, I'm like, you know, how important is that? I know. I mean, I think in an ideal world, we would all just stay at home and yeah. only go out in our own yards and not interact with other people in an ideal world. But you and I both know how difficult that is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was talking to Dr. Becky Shadowin, who's our infectious disease expert, one of the three here in town. And she was telling me the other day, we were talking about just going out to get groceries or whatever. And I'd been to Meyer, you know, four or five yeah. days before that. And she's like, Julie, I wouldn't even go out to get groceries. Just get wow. quick lift or do shipped or some other way to, to get somebody else to do it because you never know what you're exposed to in the stores. So, wow. I mean, if you read about social distancing and how important it is, I mean, it really, you just, and for kids, of course, they forget, you know, and they'll, they'll cough or they'll sneeze or they'll do whatever. And they may be a couple feet away. So, uh, when you're outside and on a bike, it's probably less likely that you're going to be in somebody's face, you know. Right. But, uh, but you just have to kind of tell them, don't stop and look at someone's cell phone or don't do right. this or don't do that. You know, it's yeah. just easy to forget. So and, easy. of course, they say, you know, wash your hands and use your hand sanitizer and mm -hmm. don't touch your eyes or touch your face. But we all know how right. difficult it is not to do that. Right. So everything that we're asking people to do it's hard and uh, you know and it's stressful and it's not what we're used to and it's not what our kids are used to so right. but this is really I mean I, I don't think I can you know emphasize it more strongly but important way to stop it is to not spread it amongst the right. community and yeah. Uh, yeah and that's the only way to to really shut it down in the community and and the problem with this, the incubation period can be anywhere from two to 14 days yeah. so wow. you know you can be asymptomatic and feel fine and still be carrying it and not know. Yeah. Okay. So then just like as we have lots of parents listening that are home, so you suggest, you know, ordering your groceries. Now, what do you say about the person that's bringing your groceries? I mean, you obviously have them leave the groceries outside your front door, but then picking that stuff up, does it really carry that much? Like if that person had it and they're carrying your groceries or at the store, like, can it jump from a cereal box to the person, to the bag, to your house? Is, is <laughs> I it think like... the odds of that would, would be a lot smaller than if you were standing beside somebody at the grocery store and they right. sneezed or coughed, you know? Okay. Right. So the, the viral particles can live on different surfaces for, you know, some, sometimes three days. It just depends what kind of um, substance it is. But if you got it in a bag and you got it out of the bag and you put it away, I would say just make sure you wash your hands really well after you've put them all away. And yeah. then if they, you know, if it's a box thing, it's going to sit in your pantry for a couple of days, you know, right. probably before you use it. If we it's yours, it'll be forever. She had all rotten <laughs> potatoes from 2012 that she just threw away. I so appreciate that. I appreciate you telling me out about my <laughs> I just think. I can't see what's in the back. And I was scrounging around for size. You're you know how much I love to cook. Man. Oh, this I is know. Really this is hurting me deep. <laughs> I know. When you texted me that, I'm like, all grotten potatoes from 2012. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, they're dehydrated potatoes. I, I mean, they're know. already pretty much right. barely, you know, 
How, but how much worse could they be? With, exactly. uh, but you have been proud. I did. I did throw them away. I didn't want to poison everyone I in my am family. I'm really impressed. Okay, now speaking of that, um, like cooking, because that's about to kill me. What do you say about takeout food? Because you know, I think about all the people working in the kitchen, and I mean, right. what do you? That kind of grosses me out, honestly. So the food transmission is not supposed to be a big deal. I was just reading okay. about that today because uh, I, I was wondering the same thing because there's this. Sometimes you have to do it. You know, you just have to eat out. So I would say if you get, you know, uh, you know, you guys hardly ever get fast food, but let's say you got Mexican or whatever, and it came in a container that probably the best thing to do would be to take the food out of the container, you know, scoop it up and put it on a plate, throw away the stuff it came on. Everybody washes their hands before they eat. Yeah. So that way, if it's, it's not going to, it's most likely not going to be on the food, but it could be on the containers of the food. So I would just say, you know, transfer it from, from the container onto another plate and then just wash your hands really well so that you can, if you happen to touch it, um, that you would get it off of there. That's good. Okay. Well, I know that I was talking to my sister because, you know, we love fruit and vegetables at my house and I'm like, I just made the decision in my head. We're not doing that anymore. Like there was a guy who wiped his nose and then he picked up a (laughs) bag of grapes and you know me, I'm like, that totally grossed me out. And I was like, we're done with fruit. And cause I'm like, I don't want to be eating this COVID-19 and, people have given me a hard time but then my brother-in-law I, I just feel like he said it perfect he goes Sarah if you die from a pint of blueberries so be it and I was like <laughs> what a way to go right? I know and go I thought bang, baby. Pint of blueberries in the end. <laughs> I just think you know what maybe I'm being ridiculous but the way that the news and you know speaking to you and all the doctors are talking that it does travel so fast it sticks on things so fast so can we eat fruit, Julie? Is that is that all? Well, I would say is just wash it really well, you know. And and if you can, you know, stuff with the skin obviously wouldn't be as bad because right. then you you know you're gonna peel off the skin, and then you can always get frozen stuff. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to get frozen blueberries, um, you don't have to worry about that them getting coughed right. on. At least not That's by true. the guy at the grocery. <laughs> That's Maybe true. Maybe people packed it, but uh, yeah, I think oh, I think that you know we've been. I don't think we've changed our shopping at all, yeah. you know, in, in relation to this. And I haven't heard, um, like Dr. Shadow and say that that was a big deal. So I, I really think that there, the much greater risk is going to be if you are face to face with somebody. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and of course, sometimes somebody could cough and touch something and you could touch it and put it in your eye or mouth. I mean, right. you know, you, there's only certain, so many things you can control in this, right. you know, kind yeah. of a situation. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm just so thankful to share your wisdom that I've just been sucking out of you every day with the world. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a perfect person on my podcast because one, you're super fun and two, you're super relatable with this like you never I mean I ask a lot of dumb questions and you always make me feel just so smart when I ask them and there's no no such thing as a dumb question right how many times have I said that well I know that's the first thing somebody says when you ask a dumb question they're like oh there's no such thing as a dumb question it's supposed to make you feel better but really you're like yeah it's like saying oh she has a good personality exactly exactly (laughs) I know no the thing about this is that it's uh, ever evolving I mean literally we get new information every every sometimes every hour in a day but definitely every day there's a little bit of a different nuance and twist so I'm trying to keep up with it um they've been very good uh at the hospital about you know sending out emails and having um online meetings and basically you know kind of trying to disseminate the information as best as possible to try to keep everybody safe so I I view it as my job and, and an honor actually for 
to be able to tell people that, you know, are not medical kind of yeah. what, what we need to be doing, because I think in Bowling Green in general, I think we've been pretty good, you know, yeah. about, about social distancing and, and really trying to limit exposure, especially compared to many other cities in, in the country. And, and I think if we all work together, maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and this won't be a hot spot. Right. So. No, I think that's really good. And I, I do appreciate everybody that is listening. It makes me crazy. The people that aren't, it truly does make me crazy. I'm like, if we're, if we're doing it, we all need to do it, you know? Um, yeah. And I've been on my parents, they're out on the golf course and my dad's like, it's totally fine. I'm like, then why are our golf course? is closed you know but I know it is crazy that uh, it seems to be that the uh, everybody's parents seem to yes. have this uh, feeling of invincibility which yes. is kind of strange yes. I don't know where they come I mean they're the ones at highest risk but they're the ones who are like yeah but I have to just run into uh-huh. Kroger and get something you're yeah. like you do not have to run you into do. Kroger exactly there's you, nothing you have a pantry you can live for six months off everything exactly. in your pantry you I know. well good. the news family has turned Italian we've had pasta almost every night because I'm like well <laughs> we can't die from pasta at least right now tonight we cannot die <laughs> right now. Oh. Exactly. Well, we both know how how much you and I both like to cook and how uh, how vast our repertoire yeah, exactly or <laughs> Like chicken or pasta. Chicken. Hey, I made pork chops tonight. Hey. They actually tasted pretty dang good. Hey, that's good. Send me your I recipe, know. but not like maybe just text it to me because I don't want you to actually bring it because I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to bring you some pork chops <laughs> and make you eat them, and I'm going to cough in the background. <laughs> I love it. Well, Dr. Isaac, you are so fun, and we'll have you on for another episode that's not so like intense, but I really, I value, you know, all your knowledge and information. So I just thank you so much for sharing with all of our listeners and, um, and just to gain as much information as we can so we can stop this virus. Well, I I appreciate you having me on and it's always fun to talk with you and hang with you and hopefully sometime in the near future, we'll be able to do it face to face again. (laughs) That's right. Instead of just waving. Okay. Don't touch me. (laughs) Exactly. Instead of you saying, uh, driving off in your golf cart in horror. (laughs) (laughs) Here, just look the other way. Like a zombie (laughs) shambling around. (laughs) Maybe she won't notice us if we look the other way. That's what we tell the kids. That's okay. I I, I won't take it personally. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Thanks so much. Take care, sir. What a great interview with Julie. She's so smart, isn't she? Loved it. And she's so good. So fun. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now um, we're gonna pop over and listen to the interviews with the kids. Weren't you impressed with them? They were they had great answers and they, <laughs> they were very professional. Except when Lola said that we weren't very good at homeschooling. Oh yeah. That broke minor my heart. detail. Yeah, minor detail. All right, let's pop over and listen to Lucy, Lola, and Hank. Hello. So today is pretty exciting because I have in the studio with me my daughter, Lucy. Hey, girl. Hi. It's so fun that we're at the studio recording today for our Destined for Greatness podcast. I have some questions to ask you. Are you up for it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, I like volleyball and I go to Briarwood. And I love church. (laughs) Volleyball, school, and church. That's pretty amazing. You are a spectacular kid, I would say. So, Lucy, you're not going to school right now, right? Right. What in the world are you thinking about this COVID-19? Like, what does your 11-year-old mind think? All I've heard is it's named after a beer, and I don't really know about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you think you should be off school? Like, do you know, have you heard any other reports? Have you listened to the government, President Trump? Like, how are you getting your information? Well, I kind of looked it up one time, but you guys kind of told me about it. But um, you guys just said that Trump seemed a little worried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was when we were watching that interview, we were like, oh, no. And there, I think the fact that like everything shut down, what does that do to you? Like not getting to see your friends and all that stuff. Do you think we're making a big deal about it or you think this is pretty serious and we should all listen? Um, I don't really know. Like, I think, like, with all my friends, like, not being able to see them, I know that it's not a very, or it's, like, very important. Yeah, like, very serious. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't really know about it, so I don't really know, like, if we should, if this is what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> or. Yeah. What do you feel about all this extra family time? I think it's fun. But I think I should be able to see my friends a little more. <laughs> I know. I know. We've had fun. Um, we've actually been working a lot. Dad and I have. Um, and you've been working a lot on volleyball and schoolwork. And so we have the weekend coming up. So what the heck do you want to do this weekend? Why we can't see friends. We can't go anywhere. What are some creative things that maybe you could help other parents um, give them ideas on what they could do with their kids? What, what do you think we should do? Well... What I want to do is I want to drive the golf cart, and I think that kids should play sports like bounce a volleyball outside, mm -hmm. or if they have like a room, they could Tell do them what you've done to our playroom. Like she's destroyed our playroom to make it into her very own volleyball court. Tell them what you've done. Yeah, so um, we made, so we got a streamer thing, and we made it into a volleyball like line and that's like the net and um I've put a lot of dents in it <laughs> and I broke a bowl this morning so yeah you broke a bowl what do you mean I hit my volleyball and I hit the bowl <laughs> or I hit it at the wall and then it came back and hit the bowl do you feel like you're pretty busy during this time off or are you like searching for things to do I feel like I'm like busy but not very busy. Like I can make room for stuff, but I have like school and exercise and everything else. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what your days look like with COVID-19. Well, usually I do my schoolwork first and then I exercise and then we go down and do insanity and then we sometimes jump on the trampoline and take a walk and golf cart ride. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like a pretty perfect day? Except for the school, but yeah. But you're crushing it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Do you have anything like what's your dream? Because I know that we, dad and I talk a lot about dreams and goals. Like when you grow up, what do you want to be? I want to be a USA volleyball player and... I want to be a photographer and something else, but I don't really know. Yeah. Three jobs. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. How about a mom? Yeah. It's the best job ever. Yeah. I want to be really rich. Oh, nice. Luke. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to be rich? So that I can um, adopt kids. Ooh. Where do you want to adopt them from? Places. Like. Places. America really or other countries? 
other countries. Yeah. You know, I've talked to you about us adopting before, and you gave me the hard heck no. Well, I don't want people living in my house, but I'll just, like, give them, like, money to go to school. But then you want to adopt. Yeah. So that's not fair to me, right? Uh, I guess. (laughs) Oh, you're so fun. Well, I believe that you are going to be a USA volleyball player and you're going to be amazing at it. And we're going to be cheering you on at the Olympics. So (laughs) Lucy, thank you so much for your time today. Get back to that volleyball. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay. So I'm sitting here with my beautiful daughter. Tell us your name. Lola. Lola. How old are you? (laughs) 10. Okay. Tell us what is going on in the world, Lola. Coronavirus. What do you think that means? COVID-19. I know. What is COVID-19, Lo? A virus that you can die from. Yeah. And that is, well, spreading really fast Mm -hmm. and contagious. And contagious. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you should be out of school? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to go back? Because right now it's about the end of March. Do you think you're going to go back to school this school year? No. no. I hope not. <laughs> no. So have you watched much of the news, Lola? Nope. You guys have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. So tell me, when did you first learn about this COVID-19? Was it at school or home? Do you remember? Um, I think it was a... I don't really remember. I don't really remember. Hmm. All right. I think I just knew it. So tell me, if you were a doctor or scientist, what would you do to help this big pandemic going on? Find a cure or help try to, to find a cure. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? To make medicine yeah. and to like, to like see like, like what caused it mm-hmm. to know how to. Oh, I know what I want you to tell our listeners. Cause you came home from school telling me, you know, how COVID-19 started. What oh, is your no. theory? <laughs> okay. So at school, everybody was saying that a 16-year-old girl in China ate a bat. Ate a bat. And so does the bat carry COVID-19, you think? I guess. <laughs> because you A gave... certain type of bat, I okay. guess. Ooh, it was a certain type of bat. Okay. And then so she ate it. And then... I didn't eat it. Oh, I know you didn't. <laughs> you, <laughs> said the, she... you said this girl in China ate a bat. 16 year old okay ate a bat and then other people did do you think that's the truth i know because <laughs> jj told me <laughs> that it was some kind of factory where people touched um an animal and then they licked their hands mm. and it was raw mm. that's really awful well i know that we're doing our best to stay away from trying to get anything we're not hanging out with anybody are we no just each other right Mm -hmm. doing lots of facetimes and lots of work work yep tell me what do you think about working and doing schoolwork from home 
it's harder because it's just you guys don't really know it as much <laughs> as the teachers because you guys did like olden days math oh like not <laughs> okay. not not like not like that old but like <laughs> well, now i feel bad <laughs> so you're calling it's old huh <laughs> grainy math <laughs> there's new ways though there's new ways yeah we need to learn the new ways yep and you could teach me. I know a lot of times I sit next to you and I have to have Google help me. Or I call Honey and or Papa. You, or you just do it and then you get it wrong because mm. you try to help me. <laughs> I know. I know. So your teachers know it a little bit better than we do, don't we? Yes. I know you have really awesome teachers. So, well, good, Lola. Well, I hope there's a cure um, soon so we can get over this. We are going to go too. in and listen to Miss Julie talk a little bit more about this COVID-19. Now? Yep, in just a little bit. You ready? Let's okay. head on over there, okay? Bye, bye. All right, so I'm sitting here with my cute son. Tell us your name. Hank. Hank, and how old are you? I'm eight. Eight years old. All right, so tell me what's going on in the world right now that has you out of school. The coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. Can you get a little closer to the microphone? The coronavirus. And tell me what that is that you know about it. It's scary. Yeah? What scares you about it? Like, I just am scared that everyone's going to get sick and stuff, and I don't, like, want people to die and stuff. Like, yeah. like a bunch of people to die. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think it is that you're out of school? So we don't get it. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a lot of germs at school? Yeah. Yeah. What are ways you're protecting yourself, bud? Staying with you and daddy and the girls. Yeah. So is it super weird to you, Hank, that all of a sudden you're in school and then all of a sudden the teachers are like, okay, now you're getting homeschooled and mom and dad are your teachers? Yeah. <laughs> What's the most fun part about being home? Just being able to play all day and having fun with my family. Yeah. Is it hard to do some of the work at home? Sometimes. Yeah. What's the hardest part about being at home school? Um, being able to focus probably. Yeah. You're having a hard time focusing? Yeah, because like there's a bunch of distractions around me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think the government should do about this virus? Do you have any ideas for President Trump or any of the doctors and nurses? Or what do you think? Are you happy that they shut down the country? Yeah, and I think maybe, like, if, if like, someone could try to, like, that has a coronavirus, someone could get, like, a shot or something and then try to suck the coronavirus out of them with the shot, mm -hmm. and then maybe she could kill it. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that idea. So maybe some really smart scientist can figure that out for us. Like, like there it might just be like a little piece of grass. They might drop a little piece of grass and it's gone. Wow. Wow, that would be really cool if grass killed it, right? Yeah. We would never get it because you've been playing outside in grass the whole time. <laughs> How far apart are we supposed to stay from people? Six feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you remember what it's called, what everybody's calling it? 
Social distancing? Social distancing. That's right. So this is pretty much a time in history that we will, you'll tell your kids and you'll probably tell your grandkids, you'll say, I stayed at home and I wanted to protect myself and my family. And so we didn't have school. Do you think you're going to get to swim in the swimming pool this summer? I don't know. (laughs) Oh man. Do you think you're going to get on the baseball field? I hope. Yeah, I know. Me too. Well, thanks for being on our podcast today, Hank. You're welcome. You're the coolest. I love you. Thank you. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.